sorry I don't love you A fresh I've grown accustomed to Cause with you something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back and we are at episode 50. It feels like, you know, this podcast just started yesterday, but to have Jacob Tender back on this episode is sort of full circle since he guested on the very first episode. So Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm good. Happy golden anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. It feels like, you know, I've done a lot of podcasts, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like I have between all of my podcasts. So I'm just sort of glad that people are still listening to this one 50 episodes later because I had no clue how it was going to go when it first started. I think it's when you when you texted me and asked me to be on and you said that it was 50, that blew my mind because that's like more than twice the number that I did for my show last year. In like half the time, I feel like I don't know how you've done it. It's nuts. So you've been doing this for like almost a year, a full year. Yeah, I started it last October. Goodness gracious, time flies. Yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously not having a job this entire time has given me more time to do podcasting things on top of applying to all the jobs. But still, mm-hmm. it's you know, as you know, it's still a ton of work when you're the one recording planning editing all of the above <laughs> you know right right yeah yeah you're a you're a one person production shop <laughs> yeah exactly but today we're talking about something extremely nerdy and geeky so we're talking about digital storage and backup data and i know we've brought this up <laughs> previous on previous episodes because you know with the frank ocean episode we were talking a little bit about how you store files and everything and how you had so much stuff relating to frank ocean and i know our very first episode was sort of all about how we consume media and tv and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. we're we're kind of staying on brand here for our conversations yeah yeah i mean we we could def- i mean we could talk about star wars of course today with the big J.J. Abrams news for episode nine, but I, I don't think it would be a, a true Deanna Jacob episode of Welcome to Geekdom without just talking about something completely dry and nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually pretty timely because as I was telling you before we started recording here, you know, Backblaze has been a little weird for me lately. And it's mm. like, you know, I will hit, backup now and it just doesn't really do anything but then it keeps notifying me that like my laptop has been missing for two weeks or something <laughs> yeah yeah they phrase it yeah i get those emails oddly. too yeah they <laughs> phrase it very i'm like my laptop is not missing it's sitting right in front of me thank you though <laughs> yeah it's it, it is kind of timely like uh, a lot of the podcasts that we've listened to have been talking about this stuff lately and i'm not sure how you want to like structure this whole thing today because i think we want to talk about like digital storage and backup which like are two inherently different things but recently crash plan which was a pretty popular backup solution for a lot of people um they kind of shut down their individual plans to opt and and kind of refocus towards a like small business to larger business setup so that's been messing with a lot of people. It's got people thinking about where they're going to go for their backups or, you know, if they're even backing up at all. So, um, yeah, I want to, I want to try to see if we could figure that out for you because I had issues like that with my laptop before. And I think they were, um, they were tied into what we talked about before the show with how we, you know, 
use Backblaze when we're also using the internet to do other things. Because anybody who uses any sort of backup solution knows that backups take up a lot of bandwidth when they're actually running. Yeah. So when we're doing stuff over the internet, like, you know, VOIP, like we're doing right now for this call, it's hard to allow that to keep running without sucking up all the bandwidth that we're trying to use to record. Yeah. And we can actually go ahead and start with digital storage because I feel like that will sort of roll into Backblaze and other backup plans a little better than doing it the other way around. But what hardware do you use is sort of one of the things people talk about a lot with, mm. you know, hard drives and keeping all of your data. And for me right now, I only have one hard drive that I'm using and it's a two terabyte Seagate backup plus. So it's a fairly mm -hmm. small hard drive. And honestly, it was pretty nice going to that from whatever I had last time. I know I've had one that was only like 500 gigabytes and it was just like right. full to the brim basically. And this <laughs> I use both as my time machine backup and I'll put some of my Plex stuff on there because what I do with Plex right. is because I don't rewatch movies too often. If I see something and I don't plan to rewatch it for a while, I just delete it and then I'll grab it again later when I need it or if I need it. So I have very few things like I have the Star Wars movies on there in case I want to watch those again for a podcast or something, since that seems to be, you know, not only a topic that you and I have talked about, but Star Wars is a pretty common topic on this podcast in general. So I have specific movies that I know I'm going to probably rewatch for the podcast. And otherwise, I'm just like, okay, I saw this movie. I don't really need to keep watching it over and over again, because as I'm sure I've told you before, there's just too many things to consume for me to watch the same things, you know, like five to 10 times or something like that, because I have yeah, so many course. other things I want to watch, but I will rewatch stuff as necessary. Well, of course, like, I mean, I, I don't know what I would do without rewatching rick and morty at least once a year you know like <laughs> there we have our comfort shows yeah and uh I, we may have even talked about that in our episode about plex but i think hardware is a good place to start here for sure um i i've never owned any like seagate uh standalone okay. hard drives i've i've always opted for the western digitals and i know anybody who is listening to this who um has had you know, experience with Western, like Western digitals are, it, it's generally a bad experience. I hear a lot of things from a lot of people about how their Western digital devices just fail on them. Um, you know, knock on wood, I, I've never had an issue. Uh, I've had this, I've had a 500 gigabyte my book for, geez, oh, I, I'd say probably like six years. Okay. I don't, it's not my main one anymore. I did upgrade it to a, a, a three terabyte a few years back. Um, the 500 has been relegated to time machine backups primarily, but those time machine backups are way out of date. And uh, I, yeah, I, I guess they're still set up for my old computer. I have not yet run time machine on my new one. And then the the three terabyte my book is is basically media storage. I kind of use it as like my archive. So anything that I don't need on my actual computer at the time, you know, things, older projects that I'm not working on, old photos, um, all of that stuff is is kind of tucked away into my book. And then on top of that, you know, I run my Plex media server off that as well. So it's almost full. I think it's getting really close to full uh, with movies and music and TV shows. So it's a lot of media on there. Um, I, I, there's something to be said about like physical storage. I like to have that physical storage here. Right. Um, 
something that I can see, something that like you know I know is is going to stay okay because with uh with like digital storage, you know, you just can never be too sure because the you know the solution you're using might just go away, and then like what are you supposed to do after that? Um, you know, depending on what kind of storage solution it is, like your files could just be deleted because of copyright issues or something. If, you know, they, they've run search on there for, for certain kinds of items. I've, I've heard of that happening before. So I think that it's important to have a physical setup and I'm kind of looking to upgrade my setup with something bigger pretty soon, maybe a NAS or, you know, something like that. Um, but in the meantime, I, I've done really well with just these little standalone external hard drives. Yeah, and I've had various brands over the years. I believe the first one, I can see it from my desk because I still have it for some reason. It was MacStore. And I think either Seagate or Western Digital or someone bought out that company. And then I had Seagate for the last two hard drives. And I have a desktop one that my cousin gave me when they moved to Colorado. And that one might be Western Digital. I'm not entirely sure, but it's literally one of the, like the giant desktop ones. So okay. I have not used that because it has like old family photos and stuff that my mom probably wants. So I just haven't messed with that one because I don't know what, you know, wants to be left on there or not yet. So that's, you know, it's a project hard drive, basically. <laughs> like I need yeah. my mom and I to go through it one day and just be like, okay, like, do we want to keep all this stuff or, you know, cause my cousin, what he does is he tends to be the keeper of all the scans of the old family photos and everything. Like he's digitized everything as far as I know, or a lot of the stuff anyway. So, you know, that's obviously stuff people want to keep. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to use this for my stuff until I know, you know, it's safe to put stuff on here. Yeah. I, when, when my family moved, I got put in charge of a lot of the old family photos from like our family camera so any of the ones that we took digitally in like the early 2000s, I think those ended up getting put on my hard drive. And now the question is where they are. Right. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I stopped using that uh, 500 gigabyte my book for, for storage and it's just a time machine thing now. So I have a couple of like, I call them dump folders on my three terabyte. And I, I guess I have this, um, it's, a, it's like a little lacy uh durable portable one so it's not like uh, independently powered it's powered through usb it's a little smaller um i think i have some old stuff on there too so like I, i'm pretty organized with a lot of my stuff like my current stuff but um i definitely have those old dump folders of just like old things from like old computers yeah and old family photos and stuff like that that you know that's like i guess that's like a winter project but yeah, I've also gone through like seven winters since <laughs> I got those. So who knows if that'll ever get sorted out. Yeah, I think we've had this hard drive for like four years or something because my cousin moved a while ago. But it's like literally like black and white photos. So mm. these are like oh, really, okay. really old. old, old like people I don't even know are in these photos. So that's why I wasn't yeah. <laughs> going to be the one to go through them because I'm like, I don't I don't know any of these people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you definitely want to keep these things, but then it's a matter of trying to figure out where to put them. And if you just want to sort of put them on a smaller hard drive and just leave those elsewhere and not use that hard drive for anything else, which, you know, that might 
be a good solution if I figure out where my other old hard drive is that still probably works with my laptop. What you said, what you just said, kind of reminded me of, of something. I uh, I had a friend a few years ago who was dating this guy who had started writing a book, and during a car accident that the two of them were both in, um, her computer basically got destroyed. So uh, she still had it; it just didn't function. Um, she was, she seemed pretty upset about it because she couldn't get access to her book. So what I ended up doing was I, I got this little, um, enclosure. I think I ordered it off Amazon. Actually, it's just a little enclosure that you can use to essentially pop out the hard drive from the laptop okay, and then stick it into the enclosure. And then essentially it just makes it a portable, uh, hard drive. And that was able to spin up the disc and, uh, regain access to those files. So, um, and just as sort of like a little tangential thing, you can definitely like continue to use old storage. That's something that I've always tried to do. Like if I if I have like an old computer or something, I see if I, there's a way that I can, you know, without keeping like this huge like computer rig set up to just to run an old hard drive that has files on it. See if you can find a way to reuse those hard drives and recycle them and put them maybe into a new enclosure that you could use just to kind of haul stuff around as a as a sort of bigger flash drive, so to speak. Yeah, and we actually last year had a laptop issue where I had this old HP laptop and it was one my parents had bought me for like my birthday or something, but then Drexel wanted music industry majors to have a Mac. So, you know, I kind of lugged around two laptops freshman year because I would like watch basketball (laughs) games on the PC and then do my homework on the other one or whatever. But then, you know, it was a 17 inch and Sometimes, you know how the HPs have those ginormous batteries that kind of prop up the laptop? Uh-huh. It was just super heavy to like keep lugging around two laptops, especially at the airport, because you're just like, oh my goodness, this is so heavy and I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah. so basically, my parents started using that laptop. And last year, my mom went to turn it on one day and the screen just stayed black. Mm. So we have thing. not figured out what happened with that laptop. So she has a tablet now that she just uses and I would say music is probably the biggest thing that was on that laptop like we aren't huge picture takers in this family so I don't think we lost anything that was like of super importance or anything like that because you know she kept important documents on like a thumb drive or something like you know I don't even know what if it was like work stuff or tax stuff or what but you know she can have access to those still at least but yeah we still have the laptop and we just have not figured out what went wrong with it or if we can get anything off of it oh my gosh i don't know does do you know i don't know if jesse richman listens to the show but if he does um i'm I'm about to bring up some some bad memories for him oh Uh, i i I remember this i know what you're talking about (laughs) like within the past two years he suffered a massive hard drive failure and he had no backup Um, and he had tons of music and, you know, Jesse is sort of like a, he's, he's a music nerd in the way that I am. I think in that, like he, he had a great collection of old stuff that nobody currently cares about anymore. Stuff that people don't even remember, you know, like bands that like I think of and I listen to all the time, but like nobody on my timeline, but Jesse knows about. Yeah. And I just, I feel bad every time that I, I'm posting about these old bands from like, you know, even like 2008, 2009. And he, he's like, oh man, like, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I had that and, and now it's gone. Like, I'm always like, does anybody have, you know, a copy of this song? And he's like, it did. And like, 
it's terrible. I, I like I don't know what I would do if I lost my music collection because I have so much old stuff that nobody has anymore. Like stuff that, like the files that were originally hosted on, um, you know, even like uh, Pure Volume or MySpace. Like all of those audio files have been flushed away. Like they're no longer there. They're not cached. Like there's nothing left of those files but the metadata on their profiles. So you hit play and nothing nothing happens because the files just aren't there. So the only place that some of these things may even exist are on my computer. And I think I mentioned it on this show before, but there was a there was an instance where I found these old demos of this old band and I was like, who the heck is this? And I Googled for that band and turns out like that band had this this band member who is now a solo musician and I tweeted about having these old demos and he emailed me and asked me to send them because he didn't even have them anymore yeah so that's why like that's why i kind of wanted to talk about this stuff today and you know it's it's a reoccurring thread on here because like storage is such a huge deal like to some people they don't they don't really think about what's going to happen to all of their files if something you know if some sort of like tragedy strikes (laughs) in their home office you know if you have a computer failure or a hard drive failure what solutions do you have in place to save you? Because in a lot of cases, like unless you think about it ahead of time, there's nothing that can be done. If a hard drive stops spinning, there is very little that can be done to retrieve those files. So, yeah, and we don't even know because the laptop would turn on, but the screen just wouldn't. So it could simply just be, you know, like the screen died on us. And we've just been sort of too lazy to figure it out. But the thing is, like, I still have a ton of music. And while I probably don't have everything that was on that laptop, I still have enough to where, you know, I can, like, upload stuff to my mom's Google Play account and she can listen to music from there. So it's not like, you know, she's totally without music because, you know, she has an Android phone, so that'll sync to her phone, and she has a Samsung tablet, so if she wants it there, she can get it there, too. So it's just one of those things where I'm sure there's a ton of just random songs that I had downloaded here and there that were missing, because, you know, yeah. that laptop was, like, back in the LimeWire days and stuff like that. Sure. So, you know, I had but Deanna, a bunch you'll of never random know. stuff. You'll never know what was on there. Yes, the this thing. is true. I mean, we do there still have, have the laptop, amazing so there, we can still figure know. it out. Well, I, I suggest maybe you do, but you know, like apart from your hardware, do you use any other like storage solutions before we like get into the, the wormhole that is backup? Like, do you use anything like Dropbox or Google Drive or like iCloud? I know that you probably like have used these before, but how do you use them? Yeah, so I would say Dropbox and Google Drive are probably the most heavily used for me because, well, as you know, I do all of my show notes in Google Drive and I just send those to anyone who's guesting on the podcast this way. It's because with Google Drive, it's really easy to just have multiple multiple people editing a document even at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that is largely what I use for podcasting stuff. And then I have a few things like I have this giant spreadsheet on what comic books I've read, what ones I want to read and it's like this whole big thing and I just keep that on Google Drive because I have shared it with some people especially if it's someone who comes on the podcast to talk about comics this way we can sort of figure out what we want to talk about like something we both liked because I think it's safe to say that 
I want people to come on this podcast to talk about things we think need to be talked about, not necessarily something that, you know, we both just hate, because I feel like that wouldn't be as fun of a conversation and people might not be as inclined to listen to it. So it's one of those things where I use Google Drive anytime I sort of have to share documents with anyone. And then I have a few apps that back up to Dropbox. So like when I'm writing in one of my markdown apps like Byword or Ulysses or whatever it is, I typically have that back up to Dropbox just so all of those markdown files are in one spot. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I Why Dropbox over iCloud? I think I have slightly more space on Dropbox, so I think that's why I just went with that because okay. I think iCloud only gives you, what, like five gigabytes of space or something like that? And initially, I don't, I don't know. I think I updated mine. I think I have like 200. Yeah, and I don't pay for Dropbox, so I'm just using whatever free space I had because you could do things like, you know, invite people, and if they sign up, then you got more free space. And oh, yeah. I'm sure I did some of those things that you could do to get a little more free space on Dropbox. Like add your uh, add your student email, and that, that automatically gave you like an extra like 50 megabytes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did that a lot too. I think I invited something like 30 people. I had a pretty decent amount of free space. And uh, just within the past year, I actually upgraded to um, the paid plan, which is amazing. <laughs> I, I never had to worry about filling anything up. The only thing, the only drawback I've, I've found is um, I end up filling up the Dropbox of my podcast co-hosts because I don't get those notifications to say, hey, like your Dropbox is almost full because when that happens, it generally means it's happening to my co-host too. So I need to remember to flush those old podcast files out every once in a while yeah and i'm sure you know once i can pay for more monthly subscriptions i might either upgrade dropbox or check out icloud because i know there's like quite a few different tiers you can get on icloud yeah i think icloud's a weird service still i'm not sure it's like fully fleshed out and who knows maybe um they'll announce something today that'll that'll drastically change the way we think about it but with Dropbox, I've always used it as sort of the the place to store things that I'm currently working on or the things that I know I'm going to be sharing often with people. So um, like podcasting is great because I have a lot of space on Dropbox. Uh, whenever um, I'm podcasting with somebody, generally I'll, I'll host my side of the conversation's audio there yeah. until either um, you know I get theirs or I um, they get mine that way we can complete the edit that way it's easy to bounce around big files yeah um, if there's like a if there's something that I'm gonna be working on uh, like a website or some sort of visual project I generally will store that stuff in Dropbox because it's easier to get to it on my phone so when I'm on the go I can basically you know it, it's just a folder that I can get to on every single platform and then Google Drive historically has been kind of collaborative the way that you use it you know obviously it's it's great for notes and um and for spreadsheets that you want to like keep around but lately somehow it's become like this dump of stuff that i just save from like reddit so like a lot of my like frank ocean um archive project stuff like if i find something on the reddit that i want to make sure that i archive um it's just easier to save to google drive from my phone yeah. than it is to save it to anywhere else for for some reason just the way that um a lot of the people there share files they just use google drive that way so i've sort of been doing that as well and then with icloud you know it's just it's strange because it's it's a great storage solution and it's apple who i genuinely you know trust for a lot of these things but it's not what i think of when i need to host something somewhere 
So like I'll use iCloud as uh, as sort of like a backup, like the way you use Dropbox for Byword. Um, a lot of my text apps like that, they use iCloud for that kind of backup. Uh, I use iCloud to, um, I think I use iCloud with uh, with one password. So I think my ma- my backups are done there. Yeah. But it's not it's not something that I generally think about when I'm like, okay, I need to I need to store this file. I think it's basically because there's no way to like share those files with other people very easily without exporting it to something else. And I think that's something that they definitely could work on because I I think that would change a lot of stuff. If you could use it as, you know, a cloud storage solution and a host for files that you want to share, I think that could be a really big move for them. But so far it hasn't been. So I think that's interesting. It's, It's funny how all these things work because a lot of these services aren't that different from each other. Dropbox and Google Drive are not very dissimilar especially you know within recent years google drive has expanded the service so that you can get an application for your mac which allows you to sort of drag and drop files into what they call folders it works a little bit differently but automatically uploads stuff and it keeps stuff in sync so it just seems like an extension of your desktop um and that's that's useful and i you know it's it makes it really easy to move files around very quickly what about like third party stuff? Do you like dabble in any of the, you know, like the other file storage or transfer stuff like Mega or Mega or uh, I guess Mega Upload? There's Mega now and then um, Mega Upload in the past, Debris, Mediafire, WeTransfer. Do you use any of these like third party storage hosts? I would say it's more that I receive stuff from places like WeTransfer, like. Yeah. When I was covering the mist for Hidden Remote, they would send all of the images through WeTransfer and it was just a link in the email that you would click on and then you would download the images and I've had people send me, you know, album downloads that way for advances and stuff if I just sort of hit them up and be like, "Hey, can you send this to me?" and you know, it's one of those things where I have more experience with re- with WeTransfer, but I've also tried out Box, which I don't even know if that's still a thing, but it's basically just a different version of Dropbox, it seems. Yeah. And I didn't end up using it much because I was like, well, Dropbox kind of already does all this stuff for me. So I was just more curious about, you know, what it looked like and how they had everything set up there. But I think, you know, I do have some stuff on iCloud, like you mentioned, one password is probably there, but it's stuff I don't really think about being on iCloud. So it's just like, hey, do you want to sync this with iCloud? Sure. You know, so I'm not really mm-hmm. actively using it. It's more of a passive thing for me for iCloud. Yes. And yeah. then Dropbox, I do a similar thing like you do with podcasts. If someone needs to send me audio, I usually tell them you can send it via Dropbox or Google Drive, whichever that person uses is fine with me because then I can download it and put it where I need it to be basically for when I go to edit and everything. I mean, usually I just sort of let them hang out in the downloads folder and then I just pull them as needed. I've started like dating my post-it notes so I can easily find like the audio hijack (laughs) files and everything because I think I just need to like redo the naming system on audio hijack and sort of have it be a little neater there because right now it's just like, a bunch of numbers afterwards that aren't necessarily the date that you can see right away when you look at the file. Yeah. I, I wish that would change too. Like if I, if there's any like one feature request I would make for audio hijack, it would be, um, well probably a voice changer, but I guess second it would be <laughs> a, uh, 
it would it would be something that would automatically pop up at the beginning of your recording session. So it would start recording, but in at the same time, it would give you a dialogue that would ask you like, uh, like the name to name that session at that moment. Because yeah. oftentimes, like you, I mean, you can do it before you start recording and you can change it every time but oftentimes i forget to do that so whether you know i'm recording a session of D or i'm doing a, a guest episode of welcome to geekdom uh or god forbid i ever do another episode of variable bitrate you know like the you want to change those names every time so you know exactly what that file is but so often you know i forget to do that so it, like you said it just ends up being this long string of numbers um just saying like jacob tender and then the date and the time and that's not, I mean, that's, that's fine. That's usually enough to help you go through and you can always, uh, use preview just to check out what the file is. But that would be one thing I would add to audio hijack for sure. Cause it does make like, it makes the storage hard because then you end up with like months worth of these large audio files yeah. <laughs> and at a glance, you don't know if you need them or not. Right. So like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's not so much like finding the file when you need it. It's not being able to delete the files when you need the space without taking some time to go through every single file and establishing, oh, that was this. I don't need this anymore. Yeah. That takes, yeah. And that's why I've started dating my post-it notes, just so it makes it slightly easier for me to figure it out. Because otherwise, if I just put, you know, like episode 50 on my post-it note so I can write down timestamps later, that does not mm -hmm. help me at, at all. It's like, I need to know what day I recorded this episode so I can go find it in the files later. But what I do, because I have, you know, this and misaligned and once in a while I'll guest on someone else's podcast is I have different setups within audio hijack. So I have like a geekdom one. So it'll at least label everything geekdom and then, you know, either it'll just say geekdom Skype and then geekdom Deanna. So I know which one's my file and which one's the Skype file in case I need to use that oh, as a backup. That's smart. see all my setups are like application based. So I can just quickly go to the one that like is already set up for, you know, um, Chrome or you know whatever it is that I, I need to use yeah. like Skype and and all that and Discord and all that stuff but I never thought to have individual ones set up with specific naming structures as the only difference that's that's a good idea yeah and literally the geekdom one and the misaligned one look exactly the same it's just I didn't want to keep having to try and figure out which podcast <laughs> was which podcast so I have geekdom misaligned and then I think I just have like input device for when I record a guest episode since I don't record the Skype file or anything like that for a guest right. episode so then that usually I'll go in right away and like rename it like if I were on one of your podcasts I would just name it your podcast and then put my name after it or something that's yeah that's a good idea that's a good plan yeah but I still have to like sort of look for what date things were recorded so it, it cuts down the time a little bit but it's still like a sort of very long list of files and I'm like okay which ones do I need now <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah all right well I should we go into to backup I think that's the bread and butter. Yeah. All right. So, um, first of all, I think we both use Backblaze. Yeah. To varying degrees of success lately. <laughs> why? Why'd you sign up for Backblaze? Basically, I kept hearing people talk about this on podcasts when I first started getting into podcasts because, as you know, when you listen to quite a few of the tech podcasts on Relay FM, ATP talk show and everything like that a lot of them will have the same sponsors for a while and I just kept hearing about this service and I was like okay maybe I should do this and 
when I signed up, it was only like 50 bucks for an entire year. And I think I'm still at that price point. So it was really hard to say no to storage for that little every year because I was like, you know, well, what happens if my hard drive sort of just dies on me and I don't have a cloud backup somewhere? And I don't know if it's John Syracuse who's always saying this, but it's like, you know, one backup is no backup. So I was like, all right, maybe I should have two backups of my stuff just in case. Man, I, I'm no longer at that $50 rate. When I switched my computers, I messed up. And since I didn't do like a full um, restore on my new computer, I got I got updated to the $100 plan. Ooh. So I, ju- I just looked at that. That's frustrating. Oh, well, maybe I can send an email and, and beg them to to grandfather me in or something but <laughs> yeah no that's i mean that's where i found out about it too i kept hearing backblaze backblaze and i'm thinking well you know that the price isn't half bad so um i set myself up on that and it's been it's been a great solution i'm actually pretty impressed the way it works it's um it's fairly quick depending on your i guess your internet connection um i don't have the fastest cable internet in the world um but it's much better than the dsl that i had when i lived in the country with my parents so I feel that my upload speed could be a little bit quicker. Uh, I'd probably get the initial backup done pretty quickly because those take forever yeah. if you have a ton of files. Um, but it's it's peace of mind. And I don't even, you know, $100, that's, that's not great. But $100 for peace of mind is, is well worth it to me because I have a lot of files that I'd rather not lose. So that's what Backblaze is great for. Um, you know, there are a lot of other solutions too. I'm not as familiar with them. CrashPlan was probably the one I was second most familiar with, but they no longer offer uh, individual service for you know just people like you and me. So that's kind of out of the equation now. But the yeah. nice thing with Backblaze is if you do suffer data loss and you have all your stuff backed up, um, you can either you know fix your setup and download all of that use a ton of bandwidth and download it and if you live in like kansas city or somewhere with google fiber i'm sure that's not a problem uh but they also will send you a hard drive on request that has all of your data on it and then you can move all the data from that hard drive to your new one or you can just keep the hard drive which is a cool thing i like the idea of that so um it's it's pretty neat that they'll just mail you all of your files if you suffer data loss. I just that's such an awesome awesome service. Yeah, and for me, like I said, that fifty dollars was sort of hard to pass up. And hopefully, you know, I won't get bumped up if I get a new computer anytime soon. I mean, just do your research. <laughs> yeah, my plan is to just get a desktop at some point because I feel like you know with as much podcasting as I do sometimes it's like my laptop's running pretty hot when I'm editing for x amount of hours or whatnot depending on how long the episode is so I Mm -hmm. feel like you know having an iMac could really just sort of help me out there with that and you know obviously that's something that's going to have to wait until I have the money for it but It's just one of those things where, you know, even when I got this laptop at the end of 2014, I was like, okay, how do I make things work on this one that were already on the old laptop? Because I don't want to screw any of this up. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the face of it. It sounds hard. I think um, setting it up is really easy when you have to start switching stuff around. Stuff gets difficult. So 
I think a lot of people are hesitant to start the backup process. I think they know it's important, but they're like, I don't even know where to begin. I'm not that technically savvy. I think solutions like Backblaze make it really easy because you just, you pay for the service. And in fact, with Backblaze, you don't even pay for it for like the first couple of weeks or something. So you download the the client, you install it, it starts doing its job. And for most people with decent internet connections and with uh, I, probably like the, the average amount of storage that people have, um, it'll back up all of your stuff before the end of that trial period. And, and that's a huge sell. So, you know, Maybe you still want to set it up for your grandparents if that's something that they're interested in. But for most people, you can just set this thing up and go right away. Yeah. And that sort of leads into how often we back up our data. And for me, I actually have it set as a task in my phone for every Saturday. So it doesn't necessarily happen every Saturday. Like this past Saturday, I was out at High and Low Fest. So obviously, I was not home long enough to sort of back up my data and everything like that. So yeah, I try to do both Time Machine and Backblaze once a week. And now that you've told me that you can pause Backblaze for two hours instead of just an hour, I might move it back to updating continuously because it keeps telling me that, you know, my laptop has not been backed up for like two weeks or something, <laughs> despite me hitting, you know, backup now in the menu bar there. And it's just like, okay, why are you not backing up if I'm telling you to back up? So <laughs> I have to probably yeah. go in and mess with my settings a bit to get that back on track. And who knows, maybe I have to like do a full system, you know, backup and it'll take forever. I have no idea. But I will I will figure it out so that it will actually back up a little more reliably now. Well, that is that is like one of the the drawbacks for Backblaze. It's um, by default it's set to back up continuously, meaning um, you know periodically throughout a day it will do backups. Uh, ideally, you're you're starting with a full backup, so you let the thing run as often as possible to get that initial backup done so that essentially everything that you have is backed up to their servers. And then at that point, when you continuously allow it to back up, when you make changes to documents or you download new files, it will periodically back all of that up as well. It generally starts with the newest stuff and works its way backwards. Uh, that way, the stuff that you're currently working on is definitely there. Uh, and the problem that, again, we run into when we're recording podcasts or um, doing anything that requires, you know, some some upstream connection through our ISP is that it bogs up all of that bandwidth. Yeah. So they do have an option in the menu bar where you can just roll up there and hit pause. And I think historically it just did it for about an hour, which isn't enough for a full podcast in most cases. Right. But I, I believe now. Um, it's been about two hours. So whenever I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, I generally will will hit pause just as we begin actually playing. And by the time um, we're done, it'll it'll still be paused, and then it'll just pick right back up uh, as soon as that two hours is up. Because when I when I was doing what you were doing after I was having issues like that, and it was you know just destroying my my Skype calls, uh, I was setting it to like restore only when I said so. Right. And the problem with that is my memory is terrible for that kind of thing. So I was never telling it to back up. So it would take much longer for me to actually get those files backed up to the cloud. Um, 
than it should have. And that that's not how I think backups should work. I think backups should be mindless. It should be something that's done automatically because it can. <laughs> you know, Backblaze offers that, and I, I think that's a hugely helpful thing because if you don't remember to back these things up and you suffer that, that data loss... Like there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Like you, you, you're paying for backblaze, and maybe you have a ton of stuff backed up. But that that new project that you're working on for work or, um, or for for school for that matter, like it's gone now. <laughs> so I I prefer to use the continuous setup. Um, I would suggest maybe going back to that. If you go into the settings, there is something. Uh, there's in the settings. There's a. There's a drop down that'll t- ask you like when you want to be warned when you've not been backed up for a certain amount of days. Uh, I might change that to something a little sooner. Yeah. Like you could change that down to to one day if need be. That way, if Backblaze is is not backing up, it can be like, hey, can can you turn me back on? Um, so yeah, I would definitely definitely look into that. Yeah, I'll be doing that literally right after we're done recording, just so you know, I'm not messing up Skype <laughs> yeah. during the recording because that was my problem too. You know, my Skype calls started dropping a lot more frequently. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's one of those things where you can never tell if it was on your end or someone else's end. Or theirs, yeah. And I wish, you know, obviously Skype could be a lot better in general, too. But that's not what, you know, this episode is about. But it was just one of those things where then, you know, I would sort of have these like huge gaps in the audio files and it sort of just kept mm-hmm. making editing a little more of a nightmare because then yeah you know I would have people say they couldn't hear me but I was you know still talking and could hear them so then it was just like then I have to like start all over and he edit that part out and I think since I've had it stop backing up continuously it sort of hasn't dropped nearly as much i actually don't know if i've had any calls drop necessarily or if Mm -hmm. it was just like you know there was like an interruption and we had to wait and then i had to edit that out which isn't a skype problem it's just like you know a dog barking or something so it's one of those things where i was like okay i keep telling it to back up but now it's not wanting to back up so then i think one day i just had it sort of back up for quite a few hours and as you know, you know, that first backup can take quite a while when you first get the service because I think because of how slow my internet was, it just took forever. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I just left it running for like a couple days at least. Yeah. Well, that's that's like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could it could be worse if you have a lot more files. Um, I just this week actually told to stop backing up my media because, you know, like, like my TV and my movies. Um because the music, there's a lot of that I can never find again. Right. Uh, with the movies, I can, I can basically find any of that at any given time. Um, some of it might be harder to get, like some of my Star Wars fan edits, um, stuff like that. That that might take a little bit longer. But uh, you can set exclusions in Black Backblaze, so you can say, hey, like this file is huge. Um, I know I can find all these movies pretty easily if need be. Again, uh, I have the DVDs if need be, so don't back this up. Because when I first got the service and up until last week, I was backing all of that up. So my initial backup on my internet here, um, it took me something like six months. Yeah, that's very continuously. long. Continuously. I think yeah, that's, I did nuts. do some exclusions. And I don't keep movies on my laptop necessarily. I 
sort of have just been putting those straight on my hard drive lately because yeah. I started using my hard drive for Plex, like I mentioned, and it's just so much easier to just have it on there and not have like those big movie files clogging up the laptop, especially because I use Logic, you know, multiple times a week to edit podcasts and those files can get pretty big too, depending on the length of an episode. And I think, you know, I don't know if that file is necessarily being backed up with Backblaze, but I can probably exclude that because once I have the MP3 of the edit and everything, I typically do go back and delete the Logic files themselves because I'm like, okay, I have the MP3 and I have it, you know, on the host where I can download it again if I need it, which I yeah. actually just recently did with the misaligned episodes on SoundCloud because, you know, Chris was debating changing services and stuff because of, you know, SoundCloud's various issues that they've been having lately. And <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad he's looking into that. Yeah, I was like, OK, well, I don't think I have like the first six episodes on my laptop still. So I went back and downloaded those. But of course, you know. I think SoundCloud just names them the episode title. So now I have to like figure out which is which because I have no idea like what episode was titled what at this point because it's, you know, almost 90 episodes later for that podcast. So do you do you back up your hard drives like your your external hard drives or just your machine? I'm pretty sure I have it set for just the laptop and then okay. my hard drive is just Time Machine and Media Files. Gotcha. See, I, I back up my uh, my media hard drive as well. So that's like three terabytes of data that's getting backed up. So that's okay. quite a lot. But yeah, but I not might so much have to now consider because I'm that. not doing the movies. Um, I, d I just found another another thing that might help you out. You know, depending on like what your daily routine is, um, continuously might not be good. If you're at your computer during the day a lot, that could be um, sort of a drag on your bandwidth. But there's also another option called once per day and when you click yeah. once per day you can tell it exactly when to start and like when it needs to be done by so essentially like if you know like i'm not going to be at the office or i'm not going to be at my computer from 11 p.m until like 6 a.m it'll just back up during that time and then it'll stop and it'll continue the next night which might be a good solution for some people yeah i think that might be because you know like i said i'm pretty much home all day applying for jobs podcast stuff and you know pretty much on my computer for a good chunk of the day but you know I could probably start it like when I go to shower at night or something and just have it run because typically then I'll just you know like read a book before bed or something instead of staring at my laptop yeah I'm and for people like that like you know you never like if you don't have like a steady work schedule or something and we're talking about like home backups you don't exactly know like when you're going to be at your computer working on things. So uh, it, sometimes it could be hard to just say, Hey, like do it during this time. Like you could say, Hey, like while I'm at work, do the backup. Right. But if you have the day off and you're at home, um, then you might have to do that pause thing every couple hours if you're going to be working pretty continuously on your, your machine. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I, I think if you I, just try fiddling with it, yeah. Put it back on continuously and see if you still get keep getting those errors. Um, I have to figure out if I can get my my plan knocked down to fifty bucks again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I I, I recommend Backblaze. Um, if anybody wants to to help out a guy, they can 
hit me up and I'll send them a, an invite link and it'll save us both a little money. But, um, I, I think it's super important, you know, like I, I wanted to do this episode because I think like data backup is massively important and some people might not think that it is for them, uh, until they lose everything. Like they're like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not like an avid music collector. I don't have demos for neon pop punk bands from 2009 sure <laughs> not many people do but like there is something on your computer that i'm sure you do not want to use or lose that's that's a constant for everybody you know my my mom has been through data loss at work and it just drives her nuts because that means like weeks worth of work that she has to redo um not to mention old files that are just completely lost that you know databases that have to be built back up um, so if it's something that works for you at home or works for you at work, I highly suggest looking into some sort of backup solution because back backup is not the same as storage. So like if you, if you're like, well, you know, maybe like I, I heard you guys talking about these external hard drives, maybe I'll just look into one of those and I'll just make, make copies on there. That's fine. Like you can, you should do that. I think you, whether you do like manual backups, uh, automatic backups with some sort of like cron job through the terminal um time machine is another great thing you can get a time capsule or anything and set up time machine and back up everything automatically that way that's all great it's good to have that physical backup and it might be quicker if you have data loss to restore from that physical backup that's like right there but that doesn't work in all cases you know like how many people in Houston or in Florida who had to evacuate or, um, or didn't evacuate and like have their entire setups there. Uh, you know, like if you, if your only backup solution is in the same room as your computer and that room is flooded, it doesn't matter. Right. Like both of those solutions are gone. So I would look in, I, I suggest to everybody to look into some sort of remote backup because if your house catches on fire or somebody breaks in and steals all your shit, at least you know, at least you have that peace of mind to know that your data is somewhere else and it can still be retrieved. It's not completely gone. Yeah. And I think the last thing I wanted to bring up here was what I sort of already mentioned with, you know, deleting the logic files when I know I don't need them and stuff like that. Do you ever sort of just go through and try to clean up some of the files on your laptop and everything like that. Because recently I went into my applications folder and I was going through, I have Adobe CS6 still. So I was going through and I went to open, I believe it was After Effects and it was just like the app was X'd out and I couldn't open it. So I was like, uh, well, this is strange. And you know, I don't know if I'm going to delete the app yet or try and figure out why it is X'd out and I can't open it at all. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, sometimes I'll download apps just to try them, especially ones that, you know, are like free utilities and whatnot that you can try out. And then mm -hmm. I think, you know, every once in a while I'll get this itch to just sort of go through my applications folder and see why I have so many applications and I only use like 10 or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. do you ever go through and sort of just get rid of files and apps that you don't necessarily need? Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot. Um, like I don't, I don't delete my movies after I've watched them like you do because I, you know, I feel like I have the storage. I'm just going to keep them because if I want to watch it, I don't want to have to go 
find it and download it again and go through that whole rigmarole. So I generally just keep stuff. Um, that said, there are movies that I downloaded years ago and still have not watched and probably will never watch. Um, so usually I'll like I'll go through my unwatched se- section on Plex and just say, okay, yeah, I don't I don't need these, and I'll flush those out. Yeah. Um, but as far as the applications go, I probably do that way more often. Um, with the various things that I'm always doing, either for my own projects or you know trying to help other people out, I'm always downloading these like weird fringe applications that uh, I like are kind of do the same thing as this other thing, except it does this one aspect a little better. And that one aspect is just this like weird fringe case that I'm only going to need once. Uh, so every once in a while, just to keep stuff um, you know decluttered, I'll go through and I'll remove those applications, but one thing that I've noticed over time is that like there are residual files from every application you install that generally get left behind. If you just, you know, drag it to the trash, if you just delete the actual application, like there are still uh, like local files or, um, you know, like configuration files that get left somewhere in in your, in your computer. So I suggest an app called app cleaner. It's just app cleaner. Um, I think you can get it on the app store if not uh you know it just google it and you can find it um it's uh it's by free Maxsoft. it's a really good program you open it up you can drag an app straight there or there's a little list where it'll list like every application that you have and what this will do is like when you decide okay i want to get rid of uh adapter you click on it and it brings up a list of all the files that were found that are associated with that so in addition to the 73 megabyte app itself um it found you know something like 30 megabytes in uh application support files and uh binary cookies all these like plist files that you just you will never need for anything else uh they're only for this application so it goes through your computer and finds all of that and you can remove it all at one time yeah i have used various utilities like i said just to check them out here and there and there are quite a few that will do you know, like app cleaning and file cleaning and find duplicates and everything like that. And I mean, a lot of them are paid or some of them will, you know, give you X amount of files free and then want you to upgrade. But I'll definitely have to check out App Cleaner because I think, you know, that's definitely come up where I've deleted apps before and I'm like, I feel like there's still a bunch of stuff on my computer that I don't actually need, but because all config files just look the same looking at the names, you don't want to delete the wrong ones. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I I think that's, it's super important to just like go through and clean that stuff out because that's the kind of stuff that can bog down a Mac over time. It's the kind of stuff that you'll never think about. Um, It's different than like having a folder of like photos from, you know, a collage project or something that you forgot was tucked away in my documents Uh, that can take up space. But, you know, like when you find it, you can get rid of it all at one time. This is stuff that you will literally never think about again. So uh, cleaning that stuff out right away is good. Um, And kind of kind of touching back on what we were talking about with like those super big podcast files, which is like our end of audio or their end of audio. um, and really anything that can take up a decent amount of space, making sure that it's named properly so you know what it is at a glance, that's super important too. And I use a program called Renamer for a lot of stuff. Um, I think it has ID3 support now, so you can automatically rename stuff um, using the actual ID3 tags for a song file. Uh, and you can set up like different configurations for 
the name so you can you, know, you can set up basically a format and it'll apply that format to everything right you know, i use it for photos i use it for um when i'm, I'm making like a, a frank ocean mixtape i use it for that it's super handy for just like renaming a ton of things at one time using the same scheme yeah and that's sort of like what i have set up for audio hijack to automatically name the files so i'll have like Mm -hmm. like i said my name and then skype and then you know i'll have it start with the podcast name just so you know it's like all of the geekdom files are in one spot and all of the misaligned ones are in one spot and it's very clear you know when the Mm -hmm. podcast name switches so it's you know, it's not a perfect naming system, but for me, it sort of cuts down on the amount of time I spend looking for something like that. And usually I'll just hover over it or click on it and just see like the date. And that helps too, because I've started writing those down. But yeah, it's always one of those things where I feel like you can keep tweaking naming systems and everything like that. And you might not ever find a perfect way to do it but everyone sort of will just find whatever works best for them and how you know their brain works basically Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, everybody has a different flow and it's just finding that that kind of like combination of applications and and schedules and uh, and everything that is involved in data storage to just find that thing that works for you um there is something that works for you i just i think we recommended backblaze is it's probably the best um backup solution but you know there there are other things out there so just look around and find something that works for you but i highly highly suggest getting backup yeah definitely and one last thing i wanted to talk to you about was music specifically because i know you keep a ton of music because like you said you have stuff that sometimes no one else has and you know when i was interning at fearless they sort of you know, gave me this hard drive and had me just plug it into my computer. And we're like, hey, you can basically have all this music so you can, you know, send emails and whatnot to music supervisors and things like that. And I just ended up pretty much keeping everything that was on there because, you know, Fearless started in 1994, I want to say. And none of those bands are on the label anymore from the 90s, pretty much. And yeah, I think quite a few of them aren't even necessarily active anymore. So it's like, you oh, don't, sure. you don't really know how long fearless is going to hold on to these hard drives necessarily, because, you know, I know not too long after I left my second internship there, they moved locations and it's like, you just don't know what could happen to those hard drives. So I was like, eh, maybe I'll keep this stuff. But then, you know, With a lot of the sexual assault allegations that have come up, especially with, I think, quite a few of the bands that you and I would be interested in listening to, I feel like that's the only time I really start deleting music is when, you know, you find out these bands are just not who you thought they were. And I think, you know, I have that reason to delete someone's music, no doubt. And then Other than that, I don't really delete too much stuff, even if I don't end up listening to it as often as I thought I would, or if I don't even listen to it at all. Do you find yourself sort of not really deleting music quite as much as other files on your computer? I've never deleted music, unless it's a duplicate of something that I have, or um, like I find a better version of that file. I don't delete anything. Yeah, and like I said, for me, it's more like depending on the circumstances surrounding the band. So, you know, I probably have a ton of music that I just don't even remotely come close to listening to anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, some for some people like the storage thing is you know is is an issue like just the amount of space that you have. But I think more and more as time goes on, storage is getting so cheap. Like I bought I bought the three terabyte my book for the same price, if not cheaper, than what I initially bought the five gigabyte for in two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. So you know you you just just look around you know there's just go to just go to best buy and go down there you know they're very small and ever dwindling section of external hard drives and uh and just look around they they've got probably like four or five terabyte ones for like 200 bucks right now it's nuts yeah i think i bought my two terabyte one for either just below 100 bucks or around 100 bucks so you know even if you don't catch these things when they're on sale necessarily, which I happen to. And so it was a good price. I was like, all right, let me upgrade because clearly I could use the storage and everything like that. And I think, you know, my first one might have actually been 256, not 500 gigabytes. And that seems like nothing now. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, people have 256 gigabyte phones now. So it's like, okay, I need something that will store a little more on here for me. And I mentioned deleting movies from Plex. The only other time I will do that too is if I find out that movie is on Netflix or Hulu. And it's like, okay, well, if I can watch it on there, I don't really need a copy of it as well because, you know, Movies will typically stay on Netflix or Hulu long enough for me to watch them. So as long as I know they are somewhere else, I am totally fine with just deleting them and, you know, using that space for something else. Which is a totally good thing to do. You know, purge stuff when you don't need it. <laughs> you know, don't yeah. don't feel like you have to save everything just because you have to. And, you know, like I said, with those movies, like there are movies I am never ever going to watch again. Movies I have no idea why I even downloaded <laughs> and and they just they've got to go. Like I think I I downloaded some movie with Snoop Dogg and I I, th- I think I must have thought it was something <laughs> else. I have no idea why I have it. Yeah, I most recently did that I think w- with Doctor Strange because that's like the one Marvel movie I didn't go see in theaters for whatever reason and you know, I suddenly saw it on netflix i was like well don't need this anymore so delete (laughs) get rid of it gone yeah all right well is there anything we haven't hit on just yet that you wanted to talk about or do you think we covered pretty much everything i think we got it pretty good um you know in in short just like just look at what you got and and if it's not enough um not enough storage like there are solutions like you don't have to pay for dropbox to get a pretty decent amount of space um that at the very least is a, a kind of cool tool for moving stuff around portably. Uh, Google drive is good for collaborating with people. iCloud needs work. Um, and then with backup, just, just look into your options and, and see what is out there that fits your budget and, um, and is realistic because at the very least, um, I think everybody should have some sort of remote storage or remote backup just to make sure that the important stuff is somewhere else. Yeah. And even at the hundred dollar price point, you know, for most people, that is something that's going to be worth it. And, you know, I gave up quite a few subscriptions once I realized, you know, finding a job was not going to be quite as easy as I thought. And, you know, I think I was paying like a hundred bucks a year for access to Stratechery, which is Ben Thompson's website. And it's like, you know, I'd much rather spend the hundred bucks on backup than, you know, something like that. And it's not to say, you know, I didn't really enjoy 
supporting his website and everything like that is just sort of, you know, when you need to prioritize things, backup should definitely be one of those priorities over something that you don't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, my, my job situation has recently changed. I'm actually back in school now, finishing up a bachelor's degree and in, in something new. So I am making a lot less than I was two weeks ago. And as a result, I'm, um, I'm definitely looking into the various services and subscriptions that I have and cutting way back. Yeah. I think I'm down to only a few that I have that are monthly because obviously podcast hosting is a thing I need to pay for with my podcast. So it's like that Netflix and Apple Music, which I actually just switched Apple Music to the yearly plan because it was slightly cheaper. I mean, I know it was more money at that very moment, but I was like, you know what, if I'm going to save, you know, 20 bucks a year, I might as well do it because, you know, there's sort of no way I'm going to give up music necessarily. Yeah. You just got to (laughs) prioritize. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jacob, for coming on for episode 50. I am very glad to have made it this far. And I definitely plan on keeping this going as long as I can, you know, keep up with it. And as you know, that's not always easy. So we'll see how things go, you know, once I have another full time job. So it's it's definitely been quite the ride. And I've really enjoyed all of the conversations I've been lucky enough to have for this podcast. Well, congratulations again on hitting 50. I know it's a lot of work. I know you put a lot of work into the show. So keep it up. Do another one. Do another 50. Yes, that's the plan. So thank you. And to our listeners, as always, thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.